Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Growing with Joe podcast, or welcome if you're new. I'm finally on summer break. I'm so happy and I just feel so free. I feel like so much is just lifted off of my shoulders. All of my finals went really well and I did good on all of them. So I hope yours did too if you're in high school or college listening to this. But I'm just excited to finally be done and have a break. Also, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram and you didn't see my announcement, I will be posting two episodes a week starting next week now that I will have more time to finally do so. It was literally impossible for me to do two episodes a week during college because I just had a huge workload and I also work another job. So I probably would have gotten really burnt out trying to do that. So I'm just really excited to finally be investing more time into this podcast now that I have a little less on my plate. It's something that I'm really passionate about and I'm happy that I can finally put more time and energy into it. Um, So yeah, I have some really exciting things coming for the podcast that I'm really excited to announce. But also, I got an email from Spotify for podcasters and I found out that I'm ranked number two in the self-improvement category on Apple Podcasts which is literally insane. Like I can't even process that. I didn't even know until I got an email. Like you can check your insights, but it doesn't say the ranking for me unless I'm looking in the wrong spot. I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your days to listen to my content. So many of you have DM'd me and told me that you binge watch like all of my episodes in one sitting and that's so funny to me and I just wanted to say thank you. It means so much and we've just come a really long way in nine months. I can't believe it. So thank you. I just wanted to say that really quickly before we got into today's episode. But now we're going to move on to the weekly affirmation. If you guys are new to the podcast, every episode I share an affirmation to start your day or your week off great on a positive note. So today's affirmation is, I love the sound of my feet walking away from whatever no longer suits me. This one is kind of sassy, but I love it. I don't know. I've talked about this before, but if you want to grow and evolve as a person, you cannot continue to keep around things, people, or situations that are not serving you or in your best interest. If there is someone that is bringing you down, an environment that is holding you back, habits that are self-sabotaging that you are continuing to do or keep around, you are going to be stuck in the same situation or in a possibly worse one. So do yourself a favor and walk away from the things that are not helping you become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. But I do get all these affirmations from the app called I Am. It's free on the app store. If you guys want to get it for yourself, you totally should. I have it on my phone and it sends you daily affirmation notifications and I'm loving it. But now we're going to do the weekly favorite. If you don't know what I'm talking about, every week in the beginning of every episode, I share something that I'm currently loving. It could be a food, product, activity, literally anything. So it's currently hot girl walk season. Now that it's officially summer break, I have been walking every single day. I'm not even kidding. We have this trail near my area that I live in and I walk there all the time and I just love it. Like there's always people biking there. There's people walking their dogs. There's people running. It's always packed. And I don't know. There's just something about like 
putting on a cute athletic set, listening to a podcast or some music and just walking. And I'm getting a tan while I'm doing it. So it's a (laughs) win-win and it's just so peaceful and I love it. And I don't know about you guys, but there's something about just putting on a cute workout set that motivates me to work out. I got a bunch of new athletic sets on Amazon last week. Um, They're all super bright and vibrant colors. I wanted some color in my wardrobe for the spring and summertime. So let me know if you guys want me to do a little haul. I can maybe do it on my TikTok and link everything in my storefront if you guys want to get it for yourselves. But yeah, and usually I will get like Duncan after. (laughs) I don't know. I've just been romanticizing my life so much recently, even if it's small things like that, because why not? I love having a main character moment every single day. But yeah, I've just been obsessed with walking recently. I'll usually do like 45 minutes to an hour every day, depending on how much time I have. But it's like the best form of physical activity and it's low impact. So yeah, if you're listening to this, you should totally pause this episode really quick and go on a walk and resume it and listen to it on your hawker walk. But today's episode is a really fun one. As you can see by the title, I'm going to be doing a girl chat and answering some of your questions. This was highly requested. I want to say that I got at least 10 DMs of you guys asking for a girl chat or some big sis advice, something of that sort. So I'm really excited to be doing this one. It's going to be juicy. So we're just going to get straight into it. So the first question that I got was, This is a habit that I struggle with, so I hope you can help. I can't seem to get off my phone when I start to go on TikTok, and it's really frustrating. Oh my god, when I tell you that this used to be me, like, I was literally addicted to my phone, especially TikTok. I remember when I was in high school, I would try to do homework, and I would literally not be able to stay off of my phone, no matter how much I tried. Like, I would only be able to work and focus for maybe five to 10 minutes and then I would feel the need to check my phone again and go on it. And I would stay up super late until like three, four in the morning, just mindlessly scrolling and it was terrible. So I do have some tips when it comes to breaking a phone addiction. I've done all of these things myself and they actually did work for me. So I hope that they help for you. So my first tip, I actually saw this on TikTok, how ironic, but there was this girl on my For You page. I can't remember who it was. I would give her credit if I remembered, but she said that if you're struggling with being on your phone too much, to go into your settings and turn off the color on your phone and set it to grayscale so that everything's in black and white. And this will make everything on your phone less appealing to look at and you won't want to check it as much. I don't know what the science or psychology behind it is, but I've done this and it worked for me. Everything just looked so bland and I didn't feel the need to scroll as long because I got bored. Um... Another thing that I recommend doing is turning off your ringer and putting your phone on do not disturb. I literally never have my ringer on anymore because I just don't feel the need to have it on. If you have an iPhone, there's an option where you can put your phone on work mode and no notifications will come through until you turn it off. So you won't even see them pop up on your screen. I remember before that recent update, there was only one option on do not disturb 
and it silenced your phone, but you could still see the notifications on your screen. And because I could still see the notifications, I would still feel the need to check my phone, even if my ringer wasn't going off, because I still wanted to see what notifications I was getting. But with the work option on and me not even being able to see the notifications until it's turned off has really helped me stop checking my phone every 10 minutes. Another thing that is very helpful for me is avoiding posting anything or responding to anyone if I have a task that I need to complete or something really important that I need to do or if I'm trying to go to sleep. So like if I have homework to do or if I need to write an essay or if I'm about to go to sleep, I don't respond to any of my texts, any of my Snapchats or anything like that because people are gonna reply back to me and that's gonna make me wanna check my phone and procrastinate or stay awake even longer. Or if I have something that I need to focus on, like homework, I'm not gonna go post a picture on Instagram where I'm gonna get all of these likes and comments and DMs blowing up my phone. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like the reason a lot of people have phone addictions is because they feel like they're gonna miss out on something if they aren't checking social media because so many people post their entire lives on social media. So if you avoid posting anything or replying to anyone, you're not really gonna miss out on anything or feel the need to check your phone as much because it's gonna be dry if we're being honest, you know? You're not gonna have all these notifications that you feel the need to check and respond to. And I still respond to people, of course. I'm not telling you to never answer people back, but do it on your downtime, not right before you have homework to do or a task or an errand that you need to get done if you don't have the self-control to put your phone down. Another thing that I did was set timers on my apps. If you go into your phone settings, you can set timers on the apps of your choosing and you can set your own time limit. And once you reach that limit, it will kick you out of the app. Um, the only timer that I have on is on TikTok. I honestly hate Snapchat. I think it's the most pointless app ever. And I only still have it because of my memories on there. And Instagram, I don't really go on unless I have content to post. So the only casual scrolling that I do is on TikTok. And I think I have it set to two hours a day, which is honestly still a lot. I'm trying to lower it, but it used to be way worse than that, like six or seven hours a day. I'm not even kidding. But yeah, I recommend setting a timer on your app so that you aren't spending too much time on them. And the last thing that I do is I set my phone face down across the room, not within arm's reach. Like I notice that when I have my phone close to me, I have the urge to check it more. But if it's across the room, I don't really feel the need to. If it's like out of sight, it's out of mind, you know? This is honestly really embarrassing how bad my phone addiction used to be. But I know that a lot of people struggle with this as well. So I'm just being completely honest and sharing my tips on how I broke that addiction. I really feel like in the future, people are going to start going to rehab for their phones. I truly believe that. It's getting really bad. And social media is literally designed to keep you hooked and addicted and feel the need to mindlessly scroll all day. So if I can help one person not do that, <laughs> I'm okay with sharing how bad my addiction was and how I fixed it. But yeah, those are all the tips that I have for breaking a phone addiction. I hope at least one of them will help you out. They definitely helped me and I'm on my phone a lot less than I used to be. My screen time is so much lower now. 
But the next question that I got was, help, could you please talk about how to deal with fake friends when they've all you've known or have? Yes, I can. I'm going to assume that you're still in high school, but honestly, this is really hard to deal with when you're still in school because as we grow and get older, once we graduate, we just naturally distance ourselves from people that are not in our best interest anymore and aren't serving us. It's normal to go your different ways and branch out and meet other people. But in high school, you're stuck with the same people every single day. And everybody already has their friend groups established and their own cliques. And it's hard to make new friends. At least that's what I noticed when I was in high school. And if I were to just tell you, oh, just go make new friends, that would be kind of a BS answer. I mean, I'm sure you could make other friends in your school, but it isn't exactly that easy to do. But my best advice, you probably don't want to hear this, is that you're better off being alone than being surrounded by people that are not genuine. Friendships are meant to make you feel good. The people around you should uplift you, they should want the best for you, they should encourage you, and they should be there for you. Friendships are not meant to be draining, they should not stress you out, and they shouldn't be toxic. If your circle is full of fake people, they don't care about you. And I know that sounds really mean, but some people just need to hear that harsh truth and that reality check so that they realize their worth and step away from people like that. Let's say you have a family member pass away. Are those people going to be there to comfort you? If you hit a new milestone, are those people going to be there to celebrate with you? Or is it going to be crickets? If someone is talking bad about you behind your back, are those people actually going to stick up for you? Or are they going to gossip about you? If you're struggling with your mental health, are those people going to listen? If you're in a bad situation, let's say you're stranded somewhere without a ride, are those people going to offer to be there and pick you up? If you answered no to any or all of those questions, those people are not your real friends and you need to reevaluate why you're still keeping them around. Action speaks so much louder than words. Pay attention to people's actions rather than what they're just telling you. Actions will show you how people really feel about you. If your friends are nice to your face, but they talk about you behind your back, their actions are displaying that they don't have any loyalty towards you, which is literally the foundation of a friendship or any relationship. And you have no business having people like that in your life. Why would you want to keep someone around that doesn't value you, they don't care about you, and they have no loyalty towards you? You have to respect yourself enough to leave. You need to tell yourself, these people are not serving me, these people are toxic, and I deserve so much better. Those friends are going to do nothing but disappoint you, they're going to let you down, they're going to backstab you, and they're going to stress you out, and you don't need that. And I know it sucks being alone and having no other friends, but I promise you that you will attract better people into your life eventually. You just need to take the trash out first. <laughs> Those fake friends are blocking the real ones from coming into your life. And while you're alone, spend that time focusing on yourself and becoming the best version of yourself that you can possibly be so that you attract the best possible people that you can into your life. Like I said, it's not going to be fun being all alone, but you are doing yourself the biggest favor that you possibly can by cutting those people out. And it will be worth it in the long run, I promise. You're putting yourself first. 
your mental health first and you're setting a boundary and there's nothing wrong with that. So for the next question, I am going to be putting a trigger warning. I'm going to be answering a question about drug addiction. So if you do not wish to listen to this, I suggest that you skip a good five minutes or so. But the question that I got was, Hey, Johanna, do you have any advice for dating people with drug problems? I feel really drained and I don't know how to deal with his addiction, but I can't let go because I feel kind of responsible. Okay, this is really hard. I can't even imagine how stressful that must be. I've never dated anyone with an addiction, but there have been addicts in my family and my mom is actually an alcoholic. This is actually my first time sharing this on the podcast. So I somewhat understand what you're going through and I know what it feels like to feel responsible for taking care of other people, but the truth is you're not. And I know that sounds terrible, but at the end of the day, nobody is responsible for your life and your actions other than you. You can't help someone that doesn't want to help themselves, truly. If that person does not want to go to rehab and recover, you can't force them to. You can beg and plead as much as you want, but it's ultimately their decision to get help and make a better change for themselves. And I'm saying this to you because that was me. I remember I would get into screaming arguments and I would hysterically cry and beg my mom to get sober and go to rehab, but she just totally refused and I felt responsible for her. I remember one night she left the stove burner on all night long when she was under the influence and after that incident, I was scared that she was going to burn the house down and I would always stay up super late at night until she passed out drunk to make sure that she was okay and not choking on her own vomit. I would make sure that all the doors were locked because she would never lock them at night. I would make sure the stove was off and nothing was left on and it was honestly traumatizing seeing someone that I loved so much in that state, seeing them so low. And naturally you care about them and you feel the need to be there for them and take care of them, but you're really just enabling them to continue using. You know, with addiction, you have to allow someone to hit their rock bottom so that they can get help. If you continue to be available for this person 24-7, provide them a place to stay, tolerate their behavior, provide financial assistance, sacrifice your own needs for them, take over responsibilities for them, you're only making the problem worse. I know that you feel like you're helping by sticking around and being there for them continuously, but it's not. You have to love them enough to give them that tough love and set boundaries so that they get help. And you have to love yourself enough and respect yourself enough to know that you deserve better than that and step away. I'm sure that you've put yourself through hell and back for this person. I'm sure that you're extremely drained and stressed out. And it's completely valid if you feel like you need to step away from the relationship and this person because their unhealthy habits are affecting you. They are not willing to get help. They are not willing to change. They're not willing to get sober. And that is their responsibility and their choice at the end of the day, not yours. So what I would suggest doing is, you know, giving them an ultimatum and setting boundaries and telling them, hey, if you are not willing to go to rehab and better yourself, I cannot continue to be in a relationship with you. I cannot continue to enable you and provide you a place to stay and be responsible for you and take care of you. 
I cannot continue to watch you slowly kill yourself. And that sounds terrible, but if you've ever watched intervention or if you've ever personally known an addict, you know that they need that tough love and they need to hit the rock bottom and they cannot be enabled and coddled or else they will just continue to use and not get help. So yeah, that is my advice for that question. To the girl that asked this, I'm keeping her anonymous. I'm actually keeping everyone anonymous on this Q&A. But if you're listening to this right now and you need someone to talk to, please do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram and send me a message. That's a really tough situation and I wish you all the best and I'm here for you if you need any support. But the next question that I got was, how do you stay not jealous in relationships or just by comparing yourself to others? This is going to sound super corny and cliche, but it's true. No one is you and that is your superpower. I can never be you and you can never be me, no matter how much we try. We are all so unique, not just looks wise, but we all have different quirks. We all have different talents personalities, mannerisms, so many small things about us that make us special. So there is no reason to compare. You are perfect as is and your authenticity and just being yourself is one of the most attractive traits in a person, I would argue. I saw a quote on TikTok or Pinterest, I can't remember, but it said that confidence is isn't walking in a room and thinking that you're better than everyone else. It's not feeling the need to compare yourself to anyone there. And this brings it back to the point that I made before. We can never be each other. Like, for example, I think that Megan Fox and SZA are one of the most beautiful women on the planet, but I will never be them. I will never look like them. That's just a fact. So why compare myself to them? I can admire their beauty without questioning my own because I know that I'm beautiful in my own ways. So instead of striving to be them and comparing myself to them, I'm focused on being the best possible version that I can be, looking the prettiest that I can look, being the smartest that I can be, practicing the talents that I was given, being in the best shape that I can be in and the healthiest that I can be. My body will never look like theirs. That is just a fact. No two bodies are the same. Doing the things that I love to do. Radiating the highest energy that I possibly can. There's just literally no point in comparing yourself to other women because you will never be them. And once you realize that, you will start to only focus on yourself. And if you're in a relationship and you notice that you're feeling jealous of other women, remind yourself that your partner chose you for a reason. There is something about you that they love and find beauty in. There are qualities about you that those other women might not have. So don't get lost and caught up in trying to be like everyone else or to look like everyone else. It's not you versus those other women. It's you versus yourself. How can you be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be? And once you become that, you will naturally feel more confident and you won't even feel the need to compare yourself to other people because you're secure with yourself. So my advice is instead of focusing on those other women and their looks and thinking her body looks so much better than mine, her hair is longer than mine, she's prettier than me, the list goes on and on. Think, how can I improve myself? How can I be the best possible version of myself that I've ever been before? And once you take that focus off of those other women and what they have and what they're doing and you place that onto yourself, 
you'll have that tunnel vision and eventually you won't even be concerned or threatened by other people because you're so focused on actively working on yourself. It won't even matter to you anymore. But yeah, I used to compare myself to other people a lot when I was really insecure. And I just realized that there is literally no point in doing that. It's not productive. It won't get you anywhere. It's not good for your mental health. So why do it? I know it's easier said than done. Like this can't be done overnight. But the first step to controlling jealousy and not comparing yourself to others and being secure with yourself is working on yourself and improving yourself. So another question that I got was, you should talk about immediate red flags to look for in friendships and relationships. Oh my god, I could talk about this all day long and I could make an entire episode on this, but I did come up with some of my top ones off the top of my head. Let me know if you guys want me to make an entire episode on this going into more detail, but first we're going to do friendships. One of my top red flags in a friendship is when they encourage self-sabotaging behavior and they aren't honest. Let me expand on that. So let's say you got into a minor argument with your boyfriend. Instead of your friends offering to give you advice and be there for you, they'll just say, oh, just dump him. Let's go to the club and get drunk. Or if you're doing something that's dangerous or not healthy and your friends are hyping you up to keep doing it and they don't call you out when you're wrong, that's fake to me. I don't know if it's because I've always just been a very, very honest person and loyalty is very important to me, but I want my friends to check me when I'm doing something wrong and something that's not in my best interest. I want my friends to tell me when I'm wrong in a situation. I want my friends to look out for me and be honest with me because I would do the same for them. And if your friends are always encouraging and pressuring you to put yourself in bad situations, be toxic, self-sabotage everything in your life, they don't care about you. Real friends should want you to be happy. They should want you to level up and be the best version of yourself. Misery loves company. And I really think that people like that are just trying to drag you down to their level. And it's very weird behavior to me. Like I'm the kind of person that is not going to hold back and tell you what you want to hear to spare your feelings. I'm going to tell you the honest truth and what you need to hear because I care about you and I want the best for you. So definitely watch out for friends like that. That is something that I picked up on. In my opinion, I think that friends should always look out for each other and want the best for each other and tell each other to do better, not worse. Another red flag in friendships to look out for are the people that are nowhere to be found when it's your turn to shine. Like it's crickets when you're succeeding. And also people that are in secret competition with you, like they're always trying to one-up you or make everything about them. This kind of relates to the last one. Your friends should want the best for you and they should want you to succeed. There have been people in my life that I noticed are always in my views, but never in my likes and comments, never swiping up and congratulating me, never complimenting me, never texting me to say congratulations or anything of that sort. And you need to learn the difference between support and surveillance because why as a friend are you not happy for me when I'm doing well? Why are you competing with me? Why is it so difficult for you to congratulate me and let me shine and have my moment? That's an insecurity issue and they're taking it out on you 
and resenting you for it, which is so unhealthy for a friendship. But in friendships and in life in general, you need to understand that it's not always going to be your turn to win and be in the spotlight. And just because your friends are succeeding before you, that shouldn't make them a threat. That doesn't mean that your time isn't coming. Like me personally, I want all of my friends to win. I want them all to be successful. I want them all to be happy. And I want them to all be the best versions of themselves. And I'm going to clap and cheer them on every step of the way. And I think that in any friendship, that should be reciprocated. Because it literally costs nothing to be kind and supportive. And if your friends are not capable of doing that, that's a red flag in my opinion. And they need to sort themselves out and work on their self-esteem. So the last red flag in friendships that I would look out for are people that are always negative, pessimistic, talking about other people, always in drama. They never have anything nice to say. They're complaining 24-7, always looking for the bad in every situation. I just can't stand people like that. Like you're bringing me down and everyone else down with your negative energy. Like if someone you know never has anything nice to say about anyone or anything, what makes you think that they are going to support you and your goals and your actions and accomplishments? They're not. If someone you know is always talking bad about everyone else, what makes you think they aren't going to do the same to you? And it's just like, get a life, go find a hobby or an interest that actually fulfills you and makes you happy. I've noticed that, and this is going to sound very mean and blunt, but people that are always in drama, arguing over text, posting subliminals, stalking other people and talking badly about them, they're broke, they're miserable, and they're losers. If you're actually winning in life, and you're happy with yourself and doing something that you love to do, you don't have the time or energy to waste being in other people's business and talking negatively about them because how is that benefiting you it's not making you any richer it's not making you any better there's just no point and personally i want friends where i don't feel judged when i talk about my goals or ideas and my dreams i want to surround myself with women or people that talk about aspirations plans and goals not other people and we support each other not talk about one another behind each other's backs you will be so limited if you surround yourself with people that are negative 24-7 and are doing nothing with their own lives. They're going to place you in a box and keep you in it because misery loves company. So cut out the people in your life that are like that and surround yourself with people that are actually doing something with their lives and will support you as well. Surround yourself with people that are positive and want to see you do well and everyone else around them. There is enough to go around for everyone. So moving on to relationships, one major red flag that comes off the top of my head is if you have to beg for anything, you should never have to beg your partner to love you, communicate with you, respect you and your boundaries, or beg for anything similar to that, which is literally the bare minimum, like decency and respect. That should be expected in a relationship, not asked for. If they wanted to, they would. You should not have to beg your partner to not raise their voice at you when they're mad and call you anything out of your name. You should not have to beg your partner to stop liking and following a bunch of Instagram models that are half naked online. You should not have to beg your partner to communicate with you instead of giving you the silent treatment when there's a problem. 
You should not have to beg your partner for time spent together or for love and affection. Like at that point, you're just better off alone. Because if they loved and respected you to begin with, they would act upon that. You would not even have to ask for those things. And it's sad, honestly. I've seen so many girls on social media complaining about how they have to beg their boyfriends to post them on social media or take them on a singular date or how they have to beg them to stop liking and following all these other girls online or how they have to beg them to spend time with them or give them a simple text back. And the truth is that people prioritize what they want to prioritize. That's why I said if they wanted to, they would. And if they aren't prioritizing your feelings, your boundaries, or just you in general, they don't respect you and they aren't seeing your worth. So it's up to you to see your own worth and realize that you deserve more than a partner who isn't willing to do the bare minimum for you. And I don't want you guys to think that like I don't communicate in my relationships and I just expect my partner to read my mind. But it's like we learned respect and boundaries and kindness in kindergarten like your partner is not stupid they know how they should act in a relationship you know so <laughs> yeah but if you're listening to this and you can relate to what i'm saying please get up out of there i'm sure there are many other people out there willing to give you what that person is not and that's their loss you're wasting time and energy begging someone to care about you you can't beg someone to see your worth and you can't beg someone to love you. That's just the truth. So please don't ever do that and respect yourself and leave if your partner cannot provide that. Another red flag in relationships is if they are obsessed with their ex and they call them crazy. Immediately no. Immediately no. <laughs> just by that statement, I'm going to assume that you were the problem. Like, first of all, why are we talking about your ex right now if we are together or on a date? Like, they aren't relevant. It's in the past. I mean, sure, if I were to bring them up and ask questions about the relationship, that's fine. But if someone that you're dating is always talking about their ex 24-7, they are not over them. And that's weird. Like, I'm a firm believer that if you are dating to marry and you are looking to be in a very serious relationship, you need to work on yourself and heal from past experiences and exes before you just jump into another relationship to fill some kind of void. Nobody wants to be the rebound. It's just disrespectful. Like if they were truly over their ex, they wouldn't feel the need to bring them up all the time, stalk their social media, talk about them all the time, and they wouldn't even be on their mind. So I just find it very strange and disrespectful when your partner is always bringing up their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Like they're clearly not over them. It's borderline an obsession too. And it's like, do you not have any other hobbies or interests or anything better to talk about? Or are they your only concern? And when they call all of their exes crazy, that is a red flag to me because it shows toxicity blame shifting, a victim complex, and just emotional immaturity. They might have had one ex that was toxic and was the problem, but if every single one of your exes were quote-unquote crazy, that's telling me that you are taking no accountability for your own faults and you didn't consider the other person's feelings because nobody is perfect in a relationship. How are you going to tell me that every single one of your exes were the problem and you were just this like perfect angel and you had no faults and you never did anything wrong. Like, please. <laughs> and 
if they have something bad to say about all of their past exes, what makes you think they aren't going to do the same to you? You know, like they don't have a single nice thing to say about any of them. This kind of relates to the friendship red flags that I mentioned earlier. I don't know. I've never had a guy do that to me personally, but that's happened to some of my friends and I've seen girls talk about it online and it just never ends well. It's never pretty. Either they are secretly still in love with their ex, they're using you to make them jealous, or they just have unresolved feelings and baggage that they haven't moved on from and they're just going to dump it onto you. And that's definitely going to strain your relationship. And to me, it's just like there's a time and a place. Read the room. Like who talks about their ex all the time with their new partner? That is something that I would never do unless my partner was the one bringing it up or asking questions that they genuinely wanted to know about. I wouldn't just talk about them unsolicited. But yeah, that is just a major red flag to me. It doesn't have anything to do with jealousy or comparison. To me, doing that just displays that you have not moved on from the situation. And what business do I have being with a partner that is not emotionally capable of moving on and being invested in me and our relationship, not a past one? So the last red flag that I could think of off the top of my head actually has to do with the talking stage because the girl that asked this was asking for immediate red flags to look out for and there are certainly red flags in the talking stage to look out for before you even consider getting into a relationship with that person. So that red flag is someone that sexualizes you before even meeting or they make advances towards you the first time you see each other. They talk about hooking up with you and your body and your looks. They only text you at night and say, what are you doing? Or they only want to hang out at night. They just want to link or chill instead of actually taking you out and spending time with you. And someone that does not want to commit to a relationship and they just want to hook up. It's giving sneaky link and it's giving they aren't taking you seriously. To me, if someone is only talking to me about my looks, my body, sending me mediocre texts like what are you doing with no effort, it's just mentally unstimulating and it's very surface level and it displays that the person does not care about me as a person they don't want to get to know me and they don't actually want to spend time with me aside from hooking up and i mentioned this in my last q a episode but i don't participate in hookup culture because i just don't see the point in allowing someone to have that access to me if they aren't going to remain a significant part in my life. And I would never allow someone to have access to me if they're putting in zero effort. Like I'm not okay with just being used. So that has always been a major red flag for me. If anyone does any of those things, I just stop talking to them immediately and run and you should too. Like if someone is saying to you, I'm just not ready for a relationship, but they still wanna hook up, that should tell you everything you need to know about that person's priorities. And I just don't involve myself with people like that. It's literally a waste of my time because why are we hooking up, being intimate, doing relationship things without the label and the commitment? I'm not taking someone seriously unless they're gonna take me seriously. And I guess that's because I'm a very serious and intentional person myself. I think that my body my time and my energy are very sacred things and I'm just not going to give them out to 
anyone that couldn't care less about me. So if you notice that someone you are talking to is doing those things, I would not continue talking to them anymore. Just save yourself the trouble. So I got two questions that were very similar. One question that I got was, how do I get out of a rut? And the other question was, how do I get motivated to do positive, better things for myself? These are both really good questions. I was actually kind of in a rut last week because I had tons of finals and assignments that I was completing for the semester. And it was a lot, especially since I'm trying to balance that with my social life, working out consistently, doing this podcast and making content for my other socials. And I just got really overwhelmed and I didn't feel like doing anything. Like I was just so burnt out and tired and I had no motivation to work on the podcast if I'm being completely honest. But for me, whenever I'm in a rut or I'm feeling unmotivated or I'm having an idea block, I go on YouTube and I listen to motivational videos or I will listen to podcasts. I do read self-help books as well, but I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I don't feel like reading, especially when I'm in a rut. Like I just wanna lay in bed and do nothing. And it literally takes zero effort to watch a YouTube video on your phone and nothing lights a fire under my butt more than listening to motivational content. I've really been enjoying Leo Skeppy's content on YouTube. He kind of reminds me of myself. He's just very blunt and he tells it how it is and he's very motivational and inspiring. I can link his YouTube in the show notes for you guys. I don't gatekeep. <laughs> But his YouTube videos are like 40 minutes long. He will tell you to get up and put in the work. And I love him. Like recently, he's been inspiring me to do YouTube. I definitely want to do YouTube down the line when I build up my audience. Hopefully within the next year or two. Because I know some of you have requested video content as well. So definitely be on the lookout for that. I'm getting so off topic anyways. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just the kind of person where I cannot be coddled if I'm in a rut. And I'm sure you guys are like that as well if you listen to me. Like I literally need someone to be brutally honest and tell me to get up and do something or I won't do it at all. Um, I also like the wizard Liz. I'm sure you guys have heard of her. And I like David Goggins as well. They're all very similar, but I enjoy all of their content for a different reason. So I can link them all below for you guys if you want to go check them out. I really like them. And another thing that motivates me to do positive and better things for myself is thinking about where I would be if I didn't. So for example, this podcast, if I don't feel like writing the script or recording the episode or editing it, I think about where I would be if I never started the podcast to begin with or if I never stuck with it. And I think about how depressed and sad I was before I found my purpose and started doing this and how miserable I was beforehand. And it truly motivates me to keep going because I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It pushes me to continue doing what I'm doing when I'm reminded of my past because I don't wanna go back to that. Another example is taking care of myself physically. If there's a day where I don't wanna work out, I just wanna eat a bunch of junk food, I wanna lay in bed all day, not do my skincare or basic hygiene. I think back to how I felt when I wasn't doing those things. Like in middle school, I was very depressed and trigger warning, but I had binge eating disorder. 
I was almost 200 pounds and I would just eat all day long to cope with my emotions. And I was too depressed to get out of bed and I wasn't taking care of myself at all, mentally, physically, hygiene wise. And I don't want to go back to that because I was so incredibly unhappy and it motivates me to keep trying for myself so that I don't resort to old habits. So if I'm in a rut, I remind myself of where I came from, my old habits, my past feelings, and I reflect on them. And I ask myself, why did you start this journey to begin with? And why are you still going? Like I basically have to give myself a reality check and a pep talk. And sometimes if I don't have the strength to motivate myself, that is when I resort to motivational content on YouTube and someone else telling me to get out of that rut. Sometimes we need outside help and there's nothing wrong with that. We need other people's opinions and advice and motivation sometimes. So yeah, that is what I would recommend if you're struggling with getting motivated and doing better things for yourself. So the last question that I got was, what is your favorite summer activity that puts you in the best mood, big or small? I love this question so much. I wanted to save this one for last and end the episode on a positive note. But one big thing that I love doing is sitting by the ocean. I do not live near a beach, but I've wanted to so badly since I was very young. I don't know how to explain it, but I've just always felt very drawn to the water. I've always loved swimming. I had a pool growing up and I lived in that thing. Like I would swim for eight hours a day in that pool. <laughs> And I just find the ocean to be so peaceful. Like I could sit and watch the waves all day long and just be completely happy. Like there have been times where I would be on vacation at the beach watching the waves and I would just tear up and get emotional because I just felt so free and so at peace and all my worries just melted away and I felt very connected to nature. I love sea life. I think it's very interesting. I love palm trees, all of that. Growing up, I went to Cape May, New Jersey, and I loved the little beach town. I've also been to Miami and I fell in love with it there. I would love to live there. Um, I've also been to Cancun and Riviera Maya. I've been to Venice Beach. I think I'm going to Charleston this summer. It isn't finalized yet. We haven't booked everything just yet, but I'm pretty sure we're going there. And one place on my bucket list is Hawaii. It is so beautiful from the pictures and the videos I've seen, but living near a beach is one of my goals in life. I would just love to wake up walk on the beach and get that fresh air or sit and just listen to music or meditate. It's just my ideal life and one of my goals. And if you live near a beach, I'm so jealous of you and please let me move in. <laughs> but a small summer activity that I love doing is getting Dunkin' or Starbucks and just rolling down the windows in the car and blasting music. It is such a vibe. <laughs> I mean, I do that all year, but as soon as it hits 65 degrees in my city, the windows are automatically getting rolled down because I live in Pittsburgh where it is one of the rainiest and cloudiest cities in the US. So it is very rare for us to have nice weather. So I always try to take advantage of that. I'm actually 
probably going to do it today because as I'm recording, it's very sunny outside and I do have some errands I need to run after I'm done recording this. So yeah, I'll probably be doing that once I'm done with this. <laughs> but yeah, those are definitely my two favorite summer activities. I am so excited for the summer and I have a feeling that it's going to be a really good one. But that is all I have for today's episode. Thank you so much to everyone that responded and asked questions. I love doing Q&As. I think they're just so fun and a great way to connect with my audience. Make sure that you guys follow me on Instagram so that you guys get updates when I post new episodes and so that you guys can respond to my question polls and be featured on the podcast. My main Instagram is at Johanna Coopy and the podcast Instagram is at Growing With Joe Podcast, but I will have them linked down below. I always have my socials in the show notes, but yeah, starting next week, I'm going to be posting two episodes a week, like I said. I'm so excited for that now that I'm out of school. So definitely be on the lookout for those episodes. If you like today's episode, I would appreciate it so, so much. If you guys followed the podcast, left a rating and turned on the notification bell so that you guys know when I post next. But yeah, that is all I have to say, I think. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys next week. Bye.